Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Jack. I did get the tissues, but why were they used? Gabe as Roy. I think it's kind of messed up that 99% of the things I say end up in bloopers. And Matt as Rocky. Good job, Jeremy. I'll keep sending you that 20 bucks a week to make sure everything Gabe says stays in the bloopers. It's a deal. I mean, what? Welcome back, players. How is everybody tonight? How are we doing? How are we feeling? What are we drinking? Fan friggin' tastic. It's Pellegrino. It's a Pellegrino. Now try saying that without moving your mouth. It's a Pellegrino. It's a Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Oh, I did it. Except for the P is a tough one. I'm also doing sparkling water. Oh, aren't we all, Mr. Fancy Pants? I have ion water. I have dehydrated water. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, please drop us a letter from beyond at contact.lovecrafttapes.com. And I do have a few new ones. Arbor Barber says, Toxic nerd masculinity. One star. The DM is great and tries to make things happen, but the players are egregious trolls and do their best to undermine any serious narrative. Also, it's fine for men to roleplay as women, but maybe don't spend your whole day making menstruation jokes and giggling at your own wit. I giggle about everything. This is a comedy podcast. (laughs) I mean, Brian is clearly high on weed most of the time, so there's not a lot that won't get him to giggle. Tonight, I promise this will be the most serious episode ever. Please, no. Yeah, we're going full serious. I second it. This is, yeah, I'm not going to make a joke this episode. All because of you, Arbor Barber. Okay, that's the bad. Let's move on to the good. That's not bad, though. That's their opinion, and that they're fine to have that opinion. It's just a wrong opinion to have. Professor Polymorphic says, an excellent blend of horror and comedy. Five stars. Do yourself a favor and give the Lovecraft tapes a listen. The Keeper is a talented writer, and his descriptions and scenes are very compelling and believable. The horror is mixed with a fair amount of comedy driven in large part by a funny trio of players. This is one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and I have listened through the entire thing twice. If you enjoy Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green actual play material, then you owe it to yourself to add the Lovecraft tapes to your subscriptions. I hate to break it to you. We're not doing comedy anymore, so this might not be the podcast for you. Yeah, no, we're 100% serious 100% of the time. All right. Uh, this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Be Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hey kids, are you bummed because all the talking Baby Yoda dolls are sold out for the holidays? Aw, come on, cheer up. That wizened green toddler is yesterday's news. Besides, you do know he just ends up as a force ghost, right? Wipe away those tears and crack a smile for the latest merchandising cash-in. Hard-drinking Baby Roy. That's right. Your favorite investigator of the unknown is now a plushy doll, with posable arms and legs, plus a perpetually annoyed look on his face that will never, ever change. But that's not all. 
For a limited time, the first 1,000 customers will also receive a swappable face made of authentic synthetic flesh like that used in burn wards. So you can dress him up as Retro Roy or new improved Dapper Declan. That's like two dolls in one. Each action figure comes slumped in a box that, when unfolded, becomes a living room with an easy chair, television set permanently tuned to ESPN Sports Center, and a TV tray. Plastic beer can and Hungry Man microwavable dinner sold separately. And the best part? When you squeeze his tummy, Baby Roy will burp or fart or utter one of his signature reprehensible phrases, which is sure to delight you while simultaneously offending everyone else. Order now and we'll even throw in a 10% coupon for the purchase of the Baby Roy Screen Door Suite, coming early next year, complete with Whirlpool Tub, Massage Table, and Gold-Plated Membership Card to Screen Door Inns across America. And if this toy also sells out? Well, just remember what old Roy Arroyo says. Shoot first? Ask questions never. And we're back! Terrible, way too silly, not enough serious. We need more serious, guys. I'm serial. You know, Matt, I think you're right. You make me so angry, product under service. One of these days, I'm gonna bang pow zoom you to the moon. You can't tell me what to do anymore, I'm an adult now! Besides, just because my dad died and mom got remarried to you doesn't mean you're my new dad. Heck, you can't even play like catch like my real dad. In fact, I refuse to call you dad. You're just plain Steve to me. I don't care what my mom wants me to call you. How do you like that, Steve, huh? How do you like that? Oh, hang on. No, I, I, I didn't mean to make you cry. I know, I know, you're trying your best. It's, it's not your fault, it's, it's me, okay? I'm just sad that my father's dead, you know? I mean, who gets crushed by a meteorite? So random. Look, you can be my new dad, okay? Well, I love you too, Product Ender Service. I love you too. And this is why we make sure that we keep the Gabe and Matt show a much more serious affair. Isn't that right, Gabe? The Gabe and Matt show has no jokes. Yeah, but that's not on purpose. (laughs) Now, dear investigators, we continue. Case 11, Haunted Heart. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. After a harrowing bike ride, which includes Jack flying head over heels into a drainage ditch and a near run-in with a cycling doomsayer, our detectives finally manage to reach Squantum Point. On their walk to Poe Mans, they are struck with how lifeless this peninsula seems to be. The mansion itself is a stoic structure, squatting gray and humorless on a bleak piece of stone-strewn land. The trio meets their local Delta Green field operatives, Danny Potts and Ricky Weaver, two ghost-hunting women who also seem to have a penchant for practical jokes and talking gargoyles. While Jack explores the exterior grounds, tussling unsuccessfully with a garden rake, the rest enter the building. Roy and Danny trade pleasantries and giggles as they unpack the high-tech, spirit-busting gear in the foyer. Meanwhile, Rocky and Ricky discover footprints in the dust, which may lead them to the missing girls, though a disembodied whisper from a dark doorway gives them pause. Rocky. Ricky looks at you with wide eyes. Did you hear that? 
Before you can answer, she's already dashing toward the door. Don't you know you never run after the sound? Have you not seen a horror movie? Oh, my. I'm going to draw my gun and tactical, you know, flashlight on top of gun and kind of very quickly and quietly as I can kind of stalk after her. Jack and Roy, at the sound of a commotion in the next room, you both stop daubing blood from Jack's chin and look at Danny. She returns your stare and smiles creepily. We've got one! She whispers excitedly, then sprints into the main hallway. I'll follow her. I uh, wipe the rest of the blood off with my sleeve and follow. You see the tail end of Rocky disappearing into a small room. As we're crossing, running, I'm going to look over my shoulder and just do a scan of the room to make sure nothing else is on the opposite side of, from the direction we're heading. All right, why don't you give me a spy hidden, please? I need a 77. I rolled a 12. That's an extreme success. There are a set of footprints towards the west end of the hallway that appear to lead into a larger area, which uh, with your extreme, we're going to go ahead and reveal a little bit of that room for you. And because you were walking along that side of the house, I'm going to actually reveal that whole room for you. Oh, nice. Directly to the west of the staircase hall is a larger room that uh, you don't really see much now. It's sort of shrouded in twilight. Sparkly vampires? You get the impression that there might be some furniture in there that is covered. Okay. Roy, you round the corner and see Ricky slowly opening up a door... And peeking inside as Rocky has his gun out and flashlight pointed at what she's about to reveal. Don't look, Roy. Yeah, you're not allowed to look, Roy. This is just for me. I'll take it seriously. The door opens to reveal an empty closet. Judging by the one lone hanger on a rod, this might have been used to store coats. Well, that was rather anticlimactic. But we both heard it, right? I mean, something? Is this an old house? It might have very well been wind coming through a window somewhere, or the house settling, or maybe there's mice or rats running around here? Yeah, I guess so. It sounded like it said something, though. What, What did it say? I don't know. That was a week ago when we heard it. You expect me to remember that? Eat it, Joes. Drink your... Ovaltine, a crummy commercial. Hashtag sponsor us, Ovaltine. Hashtag not sponsored. It sounded to me like a little girl. I don't... I don't know. Um, Danny? Yeah, Ricky? Go get the doll. And Danny turns and runs back towards the foyer past Jack, who is now coming into that small lobby area. Rocky, what do you got? Uh, well, it appears an empty closet. What? Get down! (laughs) So I'm going to holster my gun, and I'm going to kind of push my way past Ricky into the closet, and I'm going to just start kind of tapping on the walls just to make sure there isn't any kind of hidden passages or any kind of secret things hidden in the closet, because, you know, old house, mystery, secret passages are, are kind of a thing. Absolutely. Why don't you roll me a D100, please? 25. So you, you go inside and just sort of tap around a little bit on the walls, and you it sounds pretty solid. I mean, it's kind of what you would expect for a well-built mansion. So you don't hear any hollow sounds that might indicate passage beyond or anything like that. So it, it, it sounds pretty solid to you, and why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden while you're in there? I needed a 60. I rolled an 87. That's a failure. So you, you're kind of looking around as you're tapping, and your flashlight starts to go out a little bit. It's like just sort of going on and off, on and off, and then it gets steady, and then goes dead for a minute, and then comes back on. You're not getting quite as good a look as you might expect. 
I should have gone for the rechargeable batteries. I'm going to notice that, and I'm going to step up with my light and hold it up over top of his head into the closet for him to help him. It helps a little bit, but it's it's sort of a small closet, so it's not uh, it's not as helpful as you might think. I'm going to press up slowly against him and just sh- shine the light. Do you see it? Do you, do you see it? We're serious, guys. We're, we're trying to be more, more, more serious. Stop that. And then after a couple of minutes, you hear Danny running back. Uh, seems like a very well-built closet. Ooh. I don't think there's any kind of hidden passageways for anyone to slip through without us noticing. You sure it came from this closet? Because right across the hall here is another another door. I'm quite sure. Both Ricky and I are quite sure that it came from this closet. What was it that you heard? It sounded like a little girl. That's what it said? It sounded like a little girl. Yeah, exactly. We're children, we're children. And then uh, Danny rounds the corner carrying this doll that appears to be about three feet tall. It is dark haired, dark eyes. It's wearing a bright red dress and it looks a little bit, just maybe a little bit like Lily Rose. Look at doll's eyes. Here she is, boys. Take a gander. Meet Puddin'. I'm not sure now is the time to be playing house. I'll immediately recoil when I see the thing. I just look over at Roy like, I'm not the only one seeing this, right? I'll shoot it. What is it, boys? What's wrong? Uh, why do you have a doll here? Yeah, we're serious. We don't play with toys, Danny. Yeah, this is a serious podcast, guys. This is Puddin'. We use her for our investigations. You use a doll for an investigation. Ricky stands up and is looking at you as well with her hands on her hip. She's like, yeah, what's up with you guys? This is Puddin. We got her a while back uh, at an antique shop in Provincetown. And here, look, look, Danny, give it to me. Let me show you. And Danny hands over to Ricky. Okay, guys, now what we do is you probably know about this because of all of the ghost hunting shows that you've seen out there. You basically just take this doll and set it in a location. And if there's any sort of paranormal activity, it'll trigger the doll to say something. Here, I'll show you. And she punches a little button in the back, and you hear, I like pudding. And Roy, I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. I failed. I need a 62. I got a 94. You're going to take one point of sanity damage. When it says that, I'll hit the doll out of her hand, and I'll go and sort of curl up in the corner and sort of rock back and forth, talking to myself about, I thought that she was gone. I don't know where she went, but she's ended up here. She keeps finding me. I just need to get away from Rose. Get that thing out of here. I'm going to run over to Roy. It's okay. Daddy's here. Just give us one second. I'm going to walk over, snap out of it, man, and I'm going to backhand him across the face. Danny's like moving back towards the foyer, sort of shaking her head. Now that Rocky's there smacking him, I'm going to walk up to Danny and explain what the what's happened. What's wrong with him? That doll looks just like his daughter. We lost her. Do you think that's a coincidence? We don't know. I think that's why he freaked out. So whatever tests we're going to be doing, he can't be there when we use this doll. It's not entirely necessary. I know Ricky likes to use her, but, you know, we have other things. So we have a lot of different items we can use instead. I just wanted to make you aware. And I'm just going to turn and walk back towards the other people. Wait a minute, Jack. Wait a minute. Give me a hand over here, will you? What do you need? We got a lot of stuff to unpack here. Now I'm going to need your help with something else in a minute, okay? Come on, follow me. Check this out. And then we'll cut back to Roy and Rocky. And Ricky's standing there... So you guys are the best of the best at Delta Green, huh? Well, that's what they tell us, yes. I'm not I'm not sure if they're lying to us to make us feel better, or I wouldn't put it past them. Guys, I really hate to break it to you, but we're going to be here a little while, and if this is how we're going to start things off, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in our ability to 
have you guys track down those kids? See, it's we're like a freight train. We're a little slow to get going, but once we get that momentum up, you know, things things kind of happen fast. So you're just just gonna have to give us a bit of a warm up period. Give us a little bit, and we'll we'll get there. Okay, I guess that's fair enough. I've been there too, and and I understand if that looked like your daughter Roy, that that must have come as quite a shock. I I had no idea we got it. Just a couple years back. Don't call her my daughter. I won't. I'm I'm sorry. We'll we'll just leave her in the case, okay? She has her own little case. It's a cute little case. It doesn't look like a coffin at all. It's just padded and you know, it's I've never heard her breathing in there or anything like that. Hey so. Ricky, why don't we um keep following those footprints we saw earlier? Maybe maybe there's still something off in that direction. Actually, you know what, guys? I think because we've encountered this something talking to us, we might want to set up for a little bit more of an investigation. We have all the tools we need. Uh, how about we get those things set up and then we can proceed because clearly something's up here. And I think uh, the footprints that we found give us every indication that the girls were probably here, maybe still are here. As long as it's just a normal setup, I have no problems. We won't bring out the doll, I swear. Uh, what was your daughter's name, by the way? Rose. Pretty name. But don't call her my daughter. Okay, I, I won't. Come on, guys. Let's let's go on and unpack. Let's, let's help Danny and, and Jack. And so they proceed to basically run down all of the different equipment you guys will have access to. Essentially, you're going to have all the ghost hunting things that you're very familiar with. That's what these guys do. This is their primary objective is to record and gather evidence of a haunting and, of course, this mansion is well-known for being haunted. And I think you've already seen that maybe there is a little something going on here. So, uh, obviously, uh, you have EVP recorders, which allow you to speak with the spirits and record the responses using vo electronic voice phenomena. With each of these methods, by the way, there will be particular skills attached to them. There is obviously the talking doll, which we will not be using. There are EMF meters, which detect fluctuations in electromagnetic fields. Full-spectrum PO. POV cams, which detect and record orbs and other spooky phenomena. Handheld thermal cams, which detect cold spots or movements of the unseen. There is a flux device, which you can use to ask yes or no questions. Green light means yes, red light means no. But only after we reach 1.21 gigawatts. There is uh, a handheld laser grid. So it's like a little laser gun that you use that will throw up these points to detect movement of invisible forces. There are motion sensor alarms, and I determined that there's just two sets of those, so you can kind of set them up if you need to. But basically, there are two points that can be attached to walls, and then they'll emit an audible alarm if something goes through them. There is an Ouija board. There are candles. Are they scented candles? They're scented candles, yes. Sponsor us candles. When we're open to talk, Path and Body Works. Finally, there is uh, some material to perform some spirit writing if you so choose i don't think i will and that's where you invite the spirit to control your movements to send a message and th those are the basics ricky and danny may have something tucked up their sleeve for later but we'll see so that's what you got uh, as they lay these things out danny says all right guys that's basically it it's getting a little late now almost dark i got an idea how about me and one of you guys do you decide who Go get some grub. We'll bring it back. I can go. All right, Roy. You're the muscle anyway, so come on. Let's get out of here. What do you guys like on your pizza, by the way? Ham and pepperoni. Nice, nice. 
Anything but black olives. It's a bad experience with those ones down in the Mediterranean. It involved barrels and brine, and it's, it, things went south very quickly. So just black olives on half, the middle half. There were tentacles in there somewhere. It was a blur. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like uh, three extra large Hawaiians coming up. Yes. Uh, no, I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> and then also bring the pizza back. I'll quit your grouse and Roy. Let's go. And she heads out the front door. And I go with her. So those two are going to be heading off to grab some grub for the rest of you. What do you guys want to do, Jack and Rocky? Get out my sleeping bag and settle in for the night. (laughs) (laughs) So right now it's around six o'clock at night. I'm going to go set up where you you heard the voice by that closet. And I'm just going to sit in the corner. And think about what you've done. You know, maybe we should uh, search around and get the lay of the land first and then determine. Are you guys actually with Delta Green? I I haven't checked your credentials. Well, we've been seeing each other, but we're not exclusive. (laughs) When you two are done clouding around, you can come find me. I'm going to keep following those footprints from earlier. I'm going to grab my flashlight and leave. And Ricky uh, basically sprints to catch up to you. She wants to stay side by side with you as you go. Damn it. And follow them into the living room. The southwest end of the mansion's lower floor is dominated by a massive living room. Strewn about are the remains of once fine furniture, including plush velvet lounge chairs, leather sofas, a grand piano, and assorted end tables, all now lopsided and unsteady. Bookcases in each corner once held tomes of literature, and indeed there are other moldering remains of some still piled here and there. Directly west is a wide alcove, covered in cobwebs and fitted with a window seat, which overlooks the brambles outside. To the north are heavy, sliding pocket doors, now open, which lead to what looks like a dining room. I'm going to cross over to the window seat area, because that's kind of what I saw coming in, just to see exactly where that is and locate in reference to where I stepped on the rake. Before he starts doing that, I'm going to arm out to stop him. Um, say, before we go in and disturbing all the dust that's in here, you're pretty good at following footsteps, right? I'll, I'll help you track. Crouch down and scan the surface to see what I'm working with uh, dust-wise, seeing how close we will have to follow where the footprints are at and not disturb them. And indeed, uh, your estimation of the dust is not quite correct. You reach out and touch a little bit of it, and it feels like spongy. It's a heavier dust that's almost like clinging to the uh, ground. Not quite like a mold. Look back at Rocky with my hand, do a sweeping motion to where we need to walk to not disturb the footprints. Go ahead and give me a track, please. Uh, I need a 65. I rolled a 9. That's an extreme success. It's quite clear that the footprints leading from the staircase hall into the living room are now leading into the dining room. I am going to need you two to both roll me D100, please. 91. 73. You're welcome to look at the rest of the room if you want. And not you won't be disturbing anything. Okay, good. These moments where he asks us to roll a D100 without explaining why are the scariest moments of all. Yes, they are. So I'm going to turn left into the room and go down in front of the fireplace and examine the fireplace. Uh, I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to trail up and head right up to the doors up here where the footprints are leading and kind of not really enter, just you know, lean the top part of my, my body through with the flashlight and just get a general view on the next room. Just enough to remove the fog of war. There's frogs in war? Yeah. There's frogs in guar? I love guar. And guar loves you. I love lamp. 
Now, Gabe, do you really love the lamp, or are you just looking around the room and saying that you love random objects? You can imagine lavish dinner parties being thrown here in the heyday of the mansion, but sadly, the long trestle table lined with solid wooden chairs is empty, with only a twin set of rust-covered candelabras tipped over in the center. A sideboard built into one wall holds only the chipped evidence of fine china and a shattered gravy boat swept into a far corner of the lower shelf. Another door leads to the sun parlor, while the serving pantry lies directly east. That's what you see through the door, Rock. Jack, uh, so you're you're checking out the fireplace? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, it looks like it has been used in many, many, many years. Perhaps even decades? Uh, you do remember that Eldridge Poe was the last surviving member of the family and died in 1993. Whoa, that's like 400 years. It looks like it probably hasn't been lit AF since then. And I'm going to move down towards this door right next to the fireplace. Give that a tug. Uh, I see Jack's kind of down over by the door over here, so I'm just going to stick to the opposite wall and just kind of start walking the, the perimeter of the room, checking out the walls, you know, looking for, mainly looking for maybe like photographs, see if they have any like family pictures or any kind of paintings or anything left behind. Each of you give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 60, I rolled a 30. That's a hard success. I needed a 77 and I rolled a 53. That's also a success, but not hard. We'll go ahead and reveal that doorway for you, Jack. And as you might suspect, it's a closet. It looks like it was probably used to store tray tables or something like that. There's actually a little stack of uh, some written papers on the top shelf. All right, I'm going to reach for the uh, papers and just slowly pull them down. There is a single folding dinner tray made of with wooden legs, but it's sort of a tin top to the tray. And it looks like a very faded picture of cowboys. But it's all rusty and kind of banged up a little bit. And you grab the stack of papers and it looks like sheet music. Oh, that tray's going on Antique Roadshow. I slide it out of the closet and kind of tuck it up. What was that about going on the Antiques Roadshow? I'm going to hide it next to the uh, fireplace, like wedge it up in the corner there against the wall and against the fireplace that's jutting out so I can grab it later. So, Rocky, uh, you and Danny are sort of looking through the moldering books in one of the bookcases. You almost immediately find, tucked partway into a crack in one corner, is a page. Looks like it's written in longhand. Does anyone here speak longhand? So I'm going to uh, share that with you, and you're going to get to read it. Oh, look at this. It seems that uh, our friend Eldridge Poe may have had a diary at some point. 25th December 1963. A sad Christmas indeed. I, Eldridge Poe, am the sole surviving member of my family name. Uh, now that my beloved parents have been buried, this house my only inheritance. No matter, I've enough left of the family fortune to do some good for the children of the community and live out the remainder of my meager existence here, tending to the orchard and reading my treasured books. The attic is full of them. My research will occupy the time and our family archives will provide more than enough time for the historical record I shall eventually pen. Imagine, the Poe name on a bestseller list. I yell from the closet, not gonna happen. Ricky's reading over your shoulder. Uh, what do you what do you make of that? Is there anything more? Maybe he wrote more. Well, I mean, this is clearly one page of a larger volume, so maybe we should do a more thorough search of all of the bookcases in the room. Maybe we can find the rest of this? I think that sounds good. Okay, I'll start over at this other place, okay? And she walks away towards the northeast corner of the room. And we'll cut back to Roy and Danny. So, uh... 
Big guy. Uh, you married? You got someone? No, I'm as single as the day I was born. Me too. I just haven't found the right poison yet. You know. You looking for poison? I kind of want to get away from the other guys. There is a really good pizza joint just across the river. Well, let's get going. I love a good pizza. Right? It's called uh, Boulevard Pizza. They're really good. But uh, I got a little bit of a surprise for you. There's a place not too far away. While they make the pizza, we can grab a quick drink. I like it. I like a good drink. How does the brass monkey sound to you? It sounds like a monkey made of brass, and nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, come on. Shake a leg. We got to get over to uh, Spring Harbor and uh, catch a booba. Oh, booba now, huh? Okay. It's a boat Uber. It's a boober. It just makes sense. Oh, that's what boober. So you guys are going to go to order some pizzas at uh, Boulevard Pizza across Providence River. And uh, then you're going to end up at the Brass Monkey. She wants to make some small talk with you. Roll for small talk, Roy. How long have you been with Delta Green? Oh, you know, I've been there long enough that they all view me as a god among men. So Not a god among women, I suppose. I mean, I've been viewed as that by many people. Hey, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, get, get us two of my usual drinks, will you? And he nods and uh, after a couple minutes brings over two large beers. Looks like it's some sort of red lager. And then uh, two shots on the side. She says, uh, okay, now this this is important. What you want to do is you want to take the shot, drop it quick, and chug it down. It's good. Trust me, you're going to love it. Ready? On three. One, two, three. And she drops it in and grabs... And it's as if she's racing you. We need competing constitution rolls to see who wins this race. As I drop it, I smash the glass on accident. All right, go ahead and give me a roll. I need a 60. I got a 5. That's an extreme constitution success. So, yeah, you easily best her. She starts choking a little bit towards the middle part and uh, sputtering. And the, you can tell she's sort of laughing a little bit. But you just plow through it, chug it. It's it's actually quite good. It's a double IPA and it's a shot of rum dropped into it. <laughs> well done, sir. Oh my god, I've, I haven't been beaten yet and man, you pretty practiced. My friends and I ice each other on a near constant basis, so I'm pretty good at chugging. Well say, I mean, for this being your first red rum, I think so. You're not too bad yourself. That rum's going straight to my head now. I just, oh man. Uh, you want another one? Yeah, Johnny, get us two more. We got time. All right, let's do another constitution roll. This is a little pizza. Oh, I still, I need a 60 out of 30. That's a hard success. I got a 25, so she beat you on this one. So she she finishes it first and wipes her mouth and sort of watches you chug the last of it. And she's already starting to slur a little bit. And she's like, okay, that's it. Two's my limit. Hold on, hold on. You're going to leave us at it. You're going to leave us at a tie? Is that really what you're going to do? Yeah, well, we'll just, we'll kick back with a with a couple uh, Guinnesses. How's that? Just kind of wash it down a little bit. What's this about a daughter I hear? Would you say something about a daughter? She's not really my daughter. I don't know why those guys insist upon pushing that narrative on me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I get it. Are you running from something, Roy? I'm running from a lot of people, mostly debt collectors. Yeah, know that. Been there, done that, for sure. It's been quite a life uh, ever since we got into the Delta Green stuff. Yeah, nothing seems the same anymore. That Rocky... He was always my least favorite brother, and now he's the one I gotta spend all this time with. Wait a minute, you guys, you guys are related? We got some past. You don't look a lick alike, I gotta say that much. I guess we aren't related related. Yeah, but are you related related related? We're, okay, if you wanna go the three times related, we are related. You know, me and 
And uh, Ricky, we've been doing this for a long time. I feel like we're sisters, you know. Actually, that's our name. Uh, we call each other the uh, Ouija Wonder Twins. The Ouija Wonder Twins. I like that. Yeah, it's got it's got a ring to it, right? We came up with it one night. We're drinking, you know, laughing, having good times. And I'm pretty good with the Ouija. You know, sometimes I can get things plugged in. It sounds like you know a lot about this ghost stuff. Oh my gosh, I've been interested in this stuff since I was a little kid. Ricky set set me straight. I was a little too eager and uh, always thought maybe ghosts were just like here, always. But she's the one who always insists on getting proof. I got to respect that. She's really a special person, you know? Maybe you can help clear it up. You know all that Phil Collins ghost stuff? Is he right or is he a dumbass? You know, back in the day, I would have said, yeah, he's absolutely right. But without proof? I can't stand Phil Collins. He always out here talking about ghosts at the Alamo. I, I'm hoping that we make some sort of uh, connection here at the mansion, you know. This is, uh, this is important for us. I feel like it would help explain a lot of things, make the investigation go a lot easier. Whew, man, that beer is going straight to my head. Uh, the rum. I, I, I'm i sorry, I talk a lot when I drink rum. I don't know what it is. You know, I drink vodka. I don't talk at all. I, I go to sleep. Rum just gets me going every time. You talk a lot when you're not on rum, and I like that. I'm a talker. What do you want? You know, I sometimes I think I bug ricky but she's just so gorgeous i'm the same way with with jack and he's a handsome man and he gets really bugged (laughs) yeah so you guys got a thing going oh no he's just jack he's just jack you don't have to say it twice just jack just jack (laughs) coming to cbs this fall it's just jack I'm hoping that maybe this will lead to something a little bit more for me and ricky and she and i have been partners for a while and it'd be nice to make it official you know it's really good when you get recognized and you get kept in the same team for a while. Yeah, team. Team. Yeah. Oh, I, I think our pizza's probably ready. Uh, you ready? You done with your Guinness? Yeah, I'm done with my Guinness, but are you sure you want to keep that at a tie? <laughs> All right, one more. Johnny, please, please, just just one more, okay? I, pr- I promise you I won't be here for the next week. All right, ready? Yep. Let's do this thing. Oof. She has a bit of a rough time with her 41, but manages to chug it before you finish yours. The two of you go side by side, sort of leaning on each other back to the pizza parlor, which is just down the street. And uh, we'll go ahead and come back to the mansion. Meanwhile, you've completed your uh, search of the living room and kind of come up empty. Tom lost. Maybe if he doesn't have the rest of it here, maybe it's in his library. I know he mentioned a library having a lot of books. Maybe he was talking about here, but maybe he has another room with more in them. I mean, he mentioned an archive. Yes, he did. What what did he say in that note? Hmm. Oh, the attic. It says here, the attic. Yes, the attic is full of them. So I guess as we uh, continue scouting the first floor, we need to keep our eyes open for attic access. Although it's probably on the second floor, isn't it? Probably on the second. Are, are you guys new with Delta Green? Uh, yeah, but I have seen houses that have had, you know, secret passages, and you never know where things are going to lead. I think I saw that in Scooby-Doo. For some reason, old houses and secret passageways are like peanut butter and sardines. You just don't find them apart. Okay. So, Jack, how are you doing? <laughs> At that time, I just worked my way over to them go, So, what'd you guys find? Nothing. Let's go. Hey, I found an entrance to the attic over here. See, I told you. 
It's a thing. Let's keep moving. So why don't we uh, head over to the dining room here, and Jack, you can take another gander and see if you can't keep following those footsteps. Oh, I see them clear as day. I will say, based on your extreme previous, that unless you roll a fumble, you will probably manage to track these as well. So just don't fumble. Uh, I needed a 65. I rolled a 25. That's a hard success. You do manage to find the next set of footprints... They do seem to be getting more and more faint, Jack. Hmm. It's almost as if from the staircase hall to the living room to the dining room, there's more dust on them. and Or, believe it or not, they were walking on air. They're becoming less and less apparent as you go, which is sort of the opposite of what you would expect. You would think they'd be uh, fresher. They were walking backwards the whole time. Oh, snap. Crackle pop. Sponsor us, Kellogg. I'm just going to do a sweep with my flashlight. Cool. Why don't each of you give me a D100? 25. 59. Almost nice. So close. Can we give him 10 luck and make it nice? Hug that wall by the sideboard, and as I'm walking towards the door where the footprints go, draw my fingers across the top of the sideboard and pick them up to compare the dust to the floor dust to see if it's as thick there. I'm going to squeak past him, and I'm going to peek in through the door up here where the footprints are pointing to. Jack, the sideboard, it, it does seem to be as dusty as what you see on the ground. As a matter of fact, uh, you kind of go over back to where you see the footprints leading into the serving pantry to the east. And almost with each step, it's not depressing as much into the dust as it goes. So it's not as if there's more dust. It's that the footprint is not making as much of an impact. Okay. So the mass is getting lighter as it goes. I'm going to call Rocky over and get his opinion on this. Rocky, you see, I'll give you a little description of the serving pantry as you peek through that door. Shelves and counters line this tight room where the mansion's help would assemble courses of a meal for serving in the dining room. There's even a small utility sink in one corner. Although there are some bent utensils and broken dishes littered about, the useful equipment has been transported elsewhere or sold off. Well, it appears we found where the help worked. You, Jack, you were saying something. If you notice the dust on the floor, look closely at this footprint. And I'm going to get down on one knee. Oh, not here. Show him how the, the dust layer, the footprint, hasn't compressed all the way down to the actual floor. That is quite strange, isn't it? You would expect footprints to remain consistent all the way. It's not like a normal human being would somehow either lose mass as they walked or got farther above the surface so they didn't have as much to push down. I don't know. That's He was burning calories, man. I just wanted to let you know I'll follow as much as I can, as long as I can. But it's going to be difficult from here on. Yes, well, they head on into the, what I would assume is some sort of service pantry over here, if you want to come and take a look. Hey, uh, guys, uh, while, while you check that out, I'm just going to, it seems like there's some sort of, I don't know, greenhouse or something on here. I'm just going to pop out here and take a quick peek, if you don't mind. All right, be careful. It's just don't go too far. We all know what happens when you start splitting up in these places. Yeah, you never get your pizza. Uh, let's switch back to Roy and Danny real quick. On the side of the road, vomiting into a ditch. So you guys got the pizza, and you're actually on the boober headed back. Vomiting on the captain. Danny is, uh, she seems to be, like, starting to become a little bit morose, for whatever reason. You can see, like, she has these shining tears in her eyes as she's looking up at the setting sun. Hey! I'm, I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry, what? Were you saying Is you okay? 
I'm okay. I just, I just, you know, if I drink too much, I just get this way. You know, it's, it's been, it's been tough lately. Don't be upset. I won't. I promise I won't. I'll just, I gotta get some food in me, you know? Let's, we got pizza right here. Oh shit, you're right. Let's, let's scarf down one of these motherfuckers. They won't care. She sits down on the, uh, boobers padded seat and opens up one of the pizzas. And, uh, what, what did you guys order? We're gonna eat Jack's pepperoni and ham. <laughs> so yeah, you guys start to scarf down the uh, pepperoni and ham. And it is like, some of the best pizza you've ever had. Quite clearly, they use beer in the crust. You, you, you were right about this pizza, right? I mean, this is the greatest, isn't it? Oh my god, I just, I got, I got to pace myself though. I was right, and I, I was right about the pepperoni and ham. I knew that, that was a good order. I got a surprise for you too. I took a couple cans of beer from the bar. Here you go. We gotta wash this shit down, right? Yeah, let's get it down. All right, ready? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got a 95. I get too excited for the chug, so I stand up to do it. And uh, the boat hits a big wave, and I just fall and knocks the beer out off the boat. So the beer goes flying into the air, somersaulting, and Danny, like, sort of reaches clawing for it as it's in midair. And uh, it comes down and hits her right on the head, and then it rolls off into the water, and you hear sploosh. Wait, you okay? Ow! Oh, God! Oh, that hurt! Oh, shit! If you had only drank more, it would not hurt at oh, all. We need more beer. Uh, well, I guess you can you can finish what I got left here. It's mostly uh, backwash. It's warm. I do like it warm. Matches the pizza's temperature, you know? All right, I'll finish her beer. And uh, you guys reach the other shoreline as you pay the boober through the app, of course, and collect your pizza, uh, what's left of it. You're feeling quite full now, you guys demolished jack's pizza you have two pizzas left and you're again you're leaning against each other like walking back to the peninsula do you think jack's gonna be mad no it's, it's jack uh yeah jack he's a good guy jack don't get mad he just gets even oh i don't like the sounds of that so here's what we'll do we'll tomorrow we'll go out and we'll make a big deal about this pizza that we want but We'll make it a bad pizza, and then we'll leave it in the kitchen, and he'll eat it. But he ate a bad pizza. Sometimes, Roy, you just make all the sense. That's how this. Is, I've dealt with Jack a while, and he's from Louisiana, so you know how that go. Oh yeah, he's he's all about the alligators, right? Yeah, crocodiles and whatnot. So we better not have that on the pizza, or he'll like it. Can I call him Hurricane Jack? Do you think? I yeah, you probably is that too insensitive. I th- yeah, you probably can call him that. I never tried. Or Kate, Cajun Jack? I think he'd like Cajun Jack. Just don't call him Voodoo Jack. I do that. And no, Voodoo Jack is no good. Voodoo Jack's bad. And uh, as you guys pass the gate and proceed down the path, the last of the sunlight is gone. The moon is rising full and bright. And you're about halfway back when you see something a little to the right about maybe 50 feet catches your eye and it looks like a gnarled branch but it's made of metal glinting in the moonlight and we'll go back to jack and rocky jack you now know what to look for floating prints and because you rolled an extreme and then a hard you do find uh the next set of prints it's basically just heading into one particular area 
No big shock there. Through that one door that is in the east wall. Anything else you guys want to check out in the serving pantry? Yeah, I'm going to just do a look around the countertops, standing still, trying to be as motionless as possible, not to kick up any air movement. I want to scan the countertops to see if there's been any disturbance, which should reveal, because the dust should be like a gray level, it should reveal a dark, a darker spot within the the countertop areas if something had been disturbed. Just going to continue on through that doorway. Why don't each of you roll D100, please? 41. 62. Jack, you're kind of looking at the counters, and there looks like there's been no disturbance other than the footprints. There is actually a bit less dust in here, probably because it is relatively closed off. Whoever packed up the estate, or maybe Eldridge sold off stuff before he, he died, you're not quite certain. We'll go ahead and reveal the kitchen. In contrast to the rest of the manse, this chef's kitchen is nearly pristine, somehow free of the thick dust which covers almost all other spaces. A large fireplace squats to the south where outsized hunks of meat were grilled on cast iron grates. In fact, the smell of grease is still strong from this area. A spotless tiled counter and ceramic sink have been installed to the north. Empty shelves make the room seem forlorn. A door to the northeast leads to a sizable pantry where the counter and shelves are bare and the refrigerated stainless steel larder stands empty and gleaming. And why don't each of you give me a D100, please? 97. 81. Um, Jack, you might want to come take a look at this. Yeah, I head over to the doorway, and I attempt to find the footprints again. Give me my track, baby. I needed a 65. I rolled a 70. I failed. So you see no indication at this point. So either they never came in here, which doesn't seem likely because there's only one way in and out from that serving pantry, or the lack of dust in here. So perhaps someone swept it away? Oh, snap. Rocky, I lost the trail. Uh, I figured you might have a bit of trouble considering it looks like the cleaning service was hired to only maintain the kitchen. I mean, this place is spotless compared to literally every other room we've been in in this mansion so far. Maybe whoever was leaving our footprints did something in here a little more incriminating and they were just trying to hide it? Yeah, that could be. It looks like there's only one other way out of this room. I mean, either they went into the pantry or they left. If they went into the pantry, they're still in there. You start scouring this kitchen. I'm going to go make sure Ricky hasn't been eaten by some large mutant carnivorous plant or something of the like. Good idea. I'll I'll look around here, but I won't move forward till you get back. And I'm going to spin back through the service pantry and out over here to where where Ricky went to make sure that she's not dead. I'm going to do what I usually do and walk around the edge, just checking for anything that seems out of place. Cool. Give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 77. I rolled a 55. That's a success. Rocky, you leave the kitchen out through the door and back into the serving pantry. You're about halfway across the serving pantry when the utility sink turns on by itself. And then you hear a scream from where Ricky went. Jack, almost simultaneously, as you're sweeping around the room over by the pantry door, you notice what appears to be a scrap of paper drift off one of the shelves and back and slowly fall to the floor, seesawing the entire way. 
Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I just gotta say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy that I left. I'm getting the sinking feeling that whatever put these prints here did it to get us deeper into the house. So let's uh, move on. Now it's going to be time for some hashtag recommendals where we share some of our geeky obsessions. So please roll D100 yet again. Brian, go ahead and start us off. My recommendos a movie. I watched uh, The Devil All the Time on Netflix. Um, not what I expected, but it was it was really good. The one thing that stood out is the three of the main male leads were not from the United States, <laughs> but did a, a spot-on southern accent. It was really impressive. It's basically the evil of humanity and how they they can intertwine. You get little snippets of stories about their lives and then it says seven years later and then it's about these lives and then it's them interacting with somebody else that interacted with someone else seven years ago and then now in the future when he has his own children. You just have to experience it. There's not really a way to, to describe it except that you get emotionally attached to these characters even the evil ones i went into it thinking it was going to be science fiction but it's 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 just a drama about life so it's called uh devil all the time on netflix definitely check it out it's long though it's over two hours all right well thanks bry uh i'm gonna go next and my recommendation is as you might guess a movie it is called one dark night from 1982 Directed by Tom McLaughlin. He directed Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, and Sometimes They Come Back. It stars Meg Tilly, who plays Julie, who just wants to get into this club of mean girls. And they all wear these jackets called the Sisters on the back. I have no idea why, but she's trying to get initiated into this club, and she's passed all of their initiation stunts so far, all the tasks that they've set for her. But unfortunately, she's also dating Olivia, the leader of the Sisters, her ex-boyfriend. So she's totally jealous. Olivia's totally jealous and basically just tries to get Julie to fail. So they have a perfect plan. They devise an initiation prank where Julie has to spend the night in a mausoleum. And then the other girls are going to sneak in to scare her. But what they don't know is that a famous telekinetic practitioner of the dark arts named Raymar, who was found dead in an apartment of drained co-ed women, was only today laid to rest in that exact same mausoleum so i think you can understand where this is gonna go so there's a lot of drama and set up in the first reel there you get to know all the characters in the second reel you get a bunch of detective work with the telekinetics estranged daughter who is sort of uncovering the mystery of what her dad was really up to and then in the third reel you get this crazy insane practical effects there's a lot of zombies they're not exactly zombies but they're creepy as heck the two storylines come together at that mausoleum and it's it's actually pretty dang scary the way that they do it and the ending is not 100 happy either so i always appreciate that there's also a really super cool 80s arcade sequence we had uh joust xenon pinball machine air hockey tempest bumper cars road rally and photo booths and space mission pinball and even a biorhythm love detector it also is kind of cool because the story that uh, was written for the movie was inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. 
I thought that was really cool. So that's One Dark Night from 1982. I watched it on Shudder. You'll probably get it elsewhere, but it's it's really worth checking out. I Somehow I missed it in all my 80s stuff. So next up, I believe we have Gabe. Uh, I'm recommending a YouTube channel. I don't know if that's a first for me. You can't ask me to keep track of these things. It's called Defunct Land. It is a sort of a working history of a bunch of non-existent amusement parks and amusement park rides. And I find it very interesting. The guy, like, goes through... And he just basically talks about these old amusement parks or these old rides. Or he has some that are just like old TV shows. And he talks about how they were built, all of the specs to them and stuff like that. And then eventually what was the thing that ended up and killed it. And one of the gimmicks of the channel is he's like building his own defunct land. So every season it's like he's determining where in his park it would go. Like that's not on the show, but you can go to his website and he'll have his his own park made up of these defunct rides laid out. And I just... I find the history of that kind of stuff like a very interesting, the entertainment side of things like that, especially as someone who loves amusement parks. I think that the guy who runs it is very well-informed and talks well. It's not a very all that exciting of a recommendo, but it's something I've really enjoyed watching over the last couple months. So that's Defunct Land. If you're into amusement parks and history of it and stuff like that, that would be good to check out. All right, Matt, why don't you close this off here? Well, tonight I'm going to close us off with a, a brand new game that I've been playing a lot of lately. Uh, it's Crusader Kings 3 from Paradox Interactive. It is the latest in the line of Crusader Kings games. It is a more or less a grand strategy role-playing game where you take over as a leader in medieval times. Uh, You can take over as, you know, the king of all of France, or you can pick, you know, a small isolated country off in northern Africa or pretty much anywhere on the game map, which runs from it's basically all of Europe and Asia or most of Asia contains India, cuts off right around like India, and it goes up through Russia. And there's obviously room for expansion there, but there's basically almost a limitless number of places you can start from. And the game is you role playing out your days as the leader of anywhere from a small, your own small little hamlet, you know, is underneath a larger series of governors all the way up to the king, or you running your own empire. And it's really fun because, yes, you can kind of play it in a very min-max way where, oh, I'm going to take over the world, and literally you can go and steamroll over the entire map if you're good. But what's more fun with it is just to kind of pick a place that looks interesting, uh, take a look at your starting character, and just from there role play out, you know, oh, as this leader of this small area you know what would I do and it comes down 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 to you to develop to develop your land to make sure your people are happy to expand out to marry to have kids to make sure that when you die you know someone's there to take over your line of succession there are events that come up uh, that kind of help paint a story there's a lot of choice in terms of how you lead do you want to be uh, a very militaristic ruler who likes to go out and raid uh, do you want to be a very diplomatic ruler who you know brings people into their country by being nice to them and uh, you can do a lot of spy and intrigue stuff if you don't like the guy who's ruling the country next door uh you can have your spy master assassinate him so he's not a problem anymore i was playing as the leader of ireland and i wanted to start taking over wales start working my way through you know the uk so what i did is i had my son marry his daughter so he was first in line for succession for wales and then i murdered the current king of wales so that my kid could my kid could step up and i could just take the land from him that way once you once you learn the basics and it is a uh, a paradox grand strategy 
strategy game, it is a fairly steep learning curve. You're going to have to put a little bit of time into figuring out all the systems and how everything kind of clicks and interacts. But once you do, and you kind of go into that mindset of, I'm just going to kind of role play and take the story as it comes, it is really, really entertaining. And I've been having a super great time with it. It's called Crusader Kings 3, and it is available on PC. It's on Steam. Or if you have Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass for PC, it is on there as well. So you can play it without having to buy it. Okay, thanks, man. And that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review, but maybe not a one-star review that calls us misogynistic. Uh, meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody wants to send me adoration and praise for the new, much more serious tone of the Lovecraft tapes, because we are a serious podcast now, uh, you can send those well-worded uh, compliments to my Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And as a serious podcast, I'm going to become the, the the sad alcoholic Roy, and I will be continuing this. So if you want to hear more about that, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And if you just want to get me a pizza, reach out to me at Brian Podcast. I'm hungry. No pizza for you pepperoni and ham on that pizza in case you forgot until next time roll for red rum red rum red rum the lovecraft tapes podcast is copyright 2020 for more information and sponsorship opportunities please send email to podcast at the lovecrafttapes.com Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.